episode 111 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with Phil Fariska. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. You have a big old grin on your face, Phil. I'm excited today. Good. For any particular reason? Um, Beverage in hand? taste test that's going to happen. Oh, prelude. We'll talk about that in a second. And Melissa Kavanaugh's here. Howdy-ho. And Pete DiMeo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I just said that. I want them to know that I also welcome them. It's like reinforcing yeah. the, the message that everyone's welcome. Yeah. One and all. Even people who came to the podcast like 20 seconds late. That's right. That's right. We, we don't discriminate <clears throat> here for sure. So this is a special episode. We're going to be, uh, we, we typically re- record this beverage in hand. We like our libations here, right? Adult beverages. Melissa, not so much. She's usually on the, on the soft drink. But today... I've been hard at work brewing some beverages, and I want you guys to try it and get your live reaction. And I don't know really how this is going to go. It could be disgusting. It could be delicious. Have you tasted it yourself? I tasted one yesterday, but that I'd stopped. I'd, I'd put that in a fridge about a week ago, just so it hadn't continued to ferment for the last week. These ones have continued to ferment secondary fermentation for for an extra week. So I really I don't know how this is going to go. So yeah, if you guys want to. Crack some of those suckers open. Stuart's unimportant swill. Yeah. And Pete, you know what? This is a good opportunity to tell people about your party trick. My party trick? Not your party (laughs) trick, your party trick. Oh, my party trick. Yeah. English, Stuart. So if if you ever meet Pete, if you're fortunate enough, take a beer up to him. Not only does he like beer and he wants to drink it. But he can do this phenomenal thing where if you need a bottle opener, he just uses his wedding ring and just pops it I'm right I'm sure off. his wife is so happy about it. I think oh, she used, she used to be bothered, but I don't think it bothers her anymore. No, at, at this point, it's it's just fine. Yeah, you've just got a lot of dings in your... I don't. Room. That's the thing, though. I don't have really any damage to it whatsoever. All right, so where you're, while you're pouring these guys, make sure you don't pour all at the very bottom because you will yeah. get a little bit of sediment there. But this, this is a uh, it's it's a Chinook IPA. Use three different types of hops, so it's very hoppy. So what do you think? It's good. It's like a little bit of like a little chocolatey almost. It's pretty dark. It smells um, it smells fruity. Yeah, it's just got hops, no fruits in it. Hmm. Pete, Phil, you're making a funny face right now. Hey, I That's don't better than this. I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Awesome. I, I actually don't hate this, and I don't like beer. And this is a very hoppy it's, beer. It's, I, I think it's pretty smooth. I don't think yeah. it's hoppy at all. You don't? You want to no. smell it? You can well, smell it. It's not as bad. The one I had not, last night was a little hoppier. There's, there's, so maybe the fermentation is, is taking some of that out. There's no bite to it that, that I expected Mm-mm. after the smell and the color. So, so I'm not sure if I'm going to call the brewery the Butler Brewing Company, BBC, yeah. or, <laughs> or Stew Brew. Because some of because Stubu is my name, it's my Star Wars name, and it's what my gamer tag is. So Stu Brew could be mm. the thing. So that's what I'm leaning towards. I like BBC is pretty good. It is, pretty yeah. Good. And I could play up on the British thing, you know. Yeah. So anyway, people didn't tune in for this. They what? might. They might now. Phil's, now, Phil's now we have a beer update already. instead of a B update. That's right. Well, I had someone had to step in, right? Because Pete's let us down by murdering bees. I don't intend to murder. <laughs> the beer so it's good well done Stuart. all right more of that yeah that's yeah, a good beer i actually like it 
I'm glad you said it. I, I was ready for someone to do that spit take where it like just spray the all our apparatus here that we use to record the podcast with beer when they. No, no, it's, like it's it. a it's a it's a really good beer. I'm glad. You I feel like it. the temperature of the bottle was a little bit warmer than I like for. Yeah, it's been in the fridge all day, oh. so I, I wish it had been in there a little yeah. bit longer. All that it seems fridge like is it should, colder. It should, probably should be a beer that's served a little bit colder. Yeah, it. I think you're right, 100. percent Save the bottles. All right, yeah, the bottles are really expensive when you're home brewing. You don't realize that. All right, so let's jump into the topic at hand. So we're doing something that, that we debated whether to call it this or not, but I think our audience knows us well enough to know that there's no no intent, negative intent here. But we're calling this the Ten Commandments of Hotel Marketing, right? And this isn't blasphemous in any way. You've got two card-carrying Christians, church-going Christians in the room right now, and in, in a Jew, who also <laughs> follows the same Ten Commandments. So we're, we're certainly not doing this in any way to be offensive to anyone. So please don't take it that way. We're doing it as a tongue-in-cheek way to tell a narrative of some of the things that we talk about every week on the show. And we just want to reinforce some of those um, points. And we thought it would be kind of fun to do it in, in a way that people are familiar with. So what we've done is we've lined up 10 kind of rules, commandments, if you will, related to hotel marketing, and we try to make them correspond with each of the actual commandments. So, everyone happy with that? No one's yeah, that was no a one in this disclaimer. No one in this room's offended, right? No, sir. No. And no one listening at home is offended, right? I think we're I, sure. yeah, okay. No response. Any. It's All good. Right, we're good. All right. So before we get into the ten commandments of hotel marketing, what is going on in the newsaroos? Pete, do the jingle. <sighs> I thought you were about to miss. Forget about it. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for Newsaroos. Wow, look at you that. You changed key on this one. I did. A little think, higher. Yeah. Changed key, had a little drum roll in there. Yeah. There's all kinds of different. Changing it up. So anyway, the first one is from Fast Company, but this is by no means a Fast Company story. It started out in uh, the Wall Street Journal and several other places, but Marriott is getting into the home rental business to take on Airbnb. And kind of give you a little bit of background, for the past year or so, Marriott has been very aggressively pursuing a pilot program in Paris, uh, Lisbon, and several, uh, Rome, and several other European cities, and has had great success, more or less, of really going into that Airbnb role with a flag of Marriott attached to it. It's gone well, and they have announced that they are going to be rolling this out to the United States. Dun, dun, dun. Big news, because Airbnb, who really has been alone in that game from a home-sharing type perspective. Obviously, you have the, the VRBO or Verbro. Verbo. Verbo. Verbro. I like Verbro way better. That's for frat boys. Yeah. But uh, e- either way, that space has not had a ton of competition in it. Now that that Marriott is coming in, it's going to really shake up that game when they eventually launch that platform because they already have a massive network of you know loyal you know rewards program members and everything else that they can tap into to drive them in that direction. What are they doing? Making Marriott employees put their homes up on there? Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that, I mean. Uh, 
It's tough, right? I, th- I think Marriott's grabbed a lot of headlines with this, but it's it's. I think it's a little disingenuous to say it's the same as Airbnb because it's not, right? No. They control the inventory. They own or the management company controls the inventory. It's not like you're actually home sharing right. like Airbnb is. It's just it's units that are configured more like a traditional vacation rental, mm-hmm. you know? So, But you also got to remember that the, the Marriott guest is not looking to bunk up with right. somebody and else. And that's the point, right? Airbnb isn't successful because people want to go share a house with someone else. That's that's really not what yeah. it is. It's, it's that it offers an alternative choice in accommodation. And when you're traveling and you've got multiple people, a traditional hotel room isn't always conducive because it doesn't have like a communal kitchen. It doesn't have areas to hang out with your friends or whatever it is, right? That's that's really the mm-hmm. benefit of Airbnb. It's it's not that you get to see some weirdo walking around in their dressing gown <laughs> smoking a cigar while you're in their house, right? That's for some people maybe, but that, that's for the majority of people. It's a configuration that's problem, why right? Phil goes on vacation. For sure. I mean, he's hoping that that, that dressing gown kind of slips open a little bit, things like that. But for the mo- most people, it, it's, it's just the convenience of the room or the building architecture, right? So I have a kitchen or whatever. So I think this is more of an attack on VRBO than it is on Airbnb. Um, but, I, you know, I, I don't really know if it's the right thing for Marriott. And it's interesting. We were talking about this earlier today. Well, it's the fastest growing market of the hospitality industry. So it's got to be the right. I mean, well, Marriott needs to be there. See, that's a little misleading. It's, it's fastest in terms of acceleration, but not in terms of revenue, right? So, oh, right. So relative to itself, because it's a small portion of, of the overall industry. So I, I, I think it makes sense for Marriott to look to expand. But if you if you pay attention to it, they're not calling it whatever the brand is by Marriott. Like all their other things, it's by Marriott. So I don't know if they're trying to distance themselves from it a little bit, you know, because can they can they deliver on the brand promise? I, I don't know. You know, it, it's this is uncharted territory. I think... Some a lot of people smarter than me feel like this is this is a wrong direction for Marriott to go in. And uh, if you look at what Hilton have come out or IHG have come out and said, no, it was Hilton. They came out and said, um, we're not going down this road. We're, we're going to stay true to who we are. So I, I don't know. A lot of people feel like this is going to be a failure in the U.S. because it's a saturated market. They're really getting away from what makes Marriott Marriott. But they're still Marriott. And if this thing crashes and burns... They're not going under because of it. No, no, for sure. This isn't some existential yeah, threat for their... They're fine. You know, no, for sure. I think it's an experiment. They're trying to swipe at Airbnb. The irony is Airbnb is probably getting as much press out of this as... <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yes. If you this know? is a media play, you're dumb. Right. But I think the industry as a whole... And we've talked about this on the show, and I've been very vocal about this, that I feel like the hotel industry has played a huge role in beefing up the value of Airbnb by by freaking out every time it's mentioned and writing sensational articles about how it's the death of hotels and how hotels need to adapt to become more like Airbnb. It's mm-hmm. nonsense. It's total nonsense. Well, yeah, I also say that it's a little bit nonsense in that people always compare Airbnb and the home share to Uber and Lyft and products like no. that because they are, yes, one they're both you know peer to peer you know, type programs, but they serve completely different purposes. You mm-hmm. know, Airbnb is not selling a hotel room. Uber is selling point A to point B, just like a taxi cab is. You know, so those to me are, are the same. But in the case of Airbnb and Marriott, 
I, I feel like Airbnb could be a little bit concerned. I agree with you, Stuart, though, that I think VRBO should be more concerned about this. Verbo. 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 Yeah. No one listening to this show should worry about this one bit. No. Right? No, not, none of our listeners should really care. Do a good job at being a, the hotel that you are with the charm and the unique value that you present. Don't worry about this noise. It is just noise. This, you know, will will some people stay at Airbnb? Yes, but there's going to be majority of people are going to continue to come back to your property if you give them a good experience when they come. Yeah, and, and Marriott's also they're expanding their their line of products, and they have a ton of different brands under their name. So it's not they, they just see that hey, this is something that will serve some of our guests. It's a way to get more units like all their in, other in different destinations. Because yeah. if they just had two brands and they'd only be able to have two hotels in every major city. But by having thirty brands, they can have thirty hotels mm-hmm. in every city. And now it's an extra one that they can have, yep. which is some unique twist. And this to be fair, this is a little more differentiated than a lot of their brands are, but I still don't think this is gonna be a large portfolio for them in terms of their overall revenue and like phil said it's not going to be if it fails miserably which it probably will in in the u.s uh, what do they care you know they don't at all yeah good article though what's next you um okay so the one that i was bringing to the table today was bing ads rebranding to microsoft advertising so this to me sounds seems... way better. I mean, I, I think the ROI is going to jump 100% because of the new name. Hey, don't hate. Our ROI is great. Man. You know, it's funny because, you know, we, we always kind of give Microsoft or Bing a, a hard time for copying everything Google does. This is 100% <laughs> right? that. Yeah, they're, they're fulfilling our criticism here. Not, not only in the product they're offering, but in renaming themselves like month, a couple of months after Google renamed themselves. In too. for... The, their explanation of it is for the very same purpose. We offer this whole new suite of things that we're wrapping up under this new name. Like, okay, Google just did that. Are you guys serious? We make fun of you all the time. Not just us. I mean, the industry picks on you for it. But I get it. Um, I, I think people joke on Bing a lot more than they do on Microsoft as a company. So whatever, getting rid of the Bing name for them isn't going to hurt them. Um, I'm still going to have to get used to the not calling it Bing ads, just like I'm um, still getting used to not calling it AdWords. And HPA yeah, versus yeah, GA. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> hotel price ads from Google changing to this is Google hotel, hotel ads. Hang on a second though. Whatever they decide to call it, they have called it Microsoft ads in the past. Yeah, it was they Microsoft came to Bing, ad network or something. And then they went back to Microsoft. But either way, don't completely ignore it because the performance we see in many cases we're seeing Bing just kill it. Yeah, ROI wise, I would I would say there's less competition, therefore the return tends to in yeah. general be a little higher yes. than Google. I've, I've been I've been very happy with what we've seen performance wise on that platform. Um, yeah. They're they're doing great in terms of ROI. Um, the spend is obviously a little less because mm-hmm. we have, sure. less have less competition volume. and less search volume. Yeah. But yeah. when you know you're just talking marketing dollars right it needs definitely to be part put of your someone mix. there for yeah. sure yeah it can't be don't put all your eggs in that basket because well, their basket's not big yeah, enough don't right. don't miss out on them because the otas are there yeah you right. better believe that <laughs> yeah i would say you know rationally looking at it 
it's better to maximize your spend in Bing before you spend anything in Google and then spend the rest that you can in Google. Yeah, right? I'd get some of the if, if you have enough you to spend, to spend right? I mean, you want to you have both, right? Yeah. Most of our clients can't, their budgets are bigger than they can spend in Bing is what I'm saying, right? And they tend mm-hmm. to sp- end up spending more in Google, but they're, they're maximizing Bing most of the time because the ROI mm-hmm. tends to be a bit higher than Google. And, and, they, and people need to check with their... PPC team and their marketing team in general to make sure Bing is on the radar because it's not enough to just be running single platform. Yeah. Because there are a lot of returns under mm-hmm. however they want to call right. it. Bing. And their service offering is expanding greatly. <coughs> um, look out for their hotel ads that are coming out. It's a pilot now, but it'll be available. It should be called but. Microsoft Google Hotel Ads. It's, it's called GHA, which is Good Hotel Ads. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I love joking about Bing, but realistically, it, it does they're, work. they're they're super important in your marketing mix. Yeah, for sure. So we we really don't know a lot about the the hotel ad platform yet, right? Because it's just really rolling out now. We got invited to the yeah we'll, beta or whatever. We'll be able, so. Yeah, we'll be a part of the pilot, but um, yeah, just keep keep an eye on. We'll we'll be talking about it on here as we learn more. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep listening. Hit that subscribe button. That's what all the cool kids on YouTube say, right? <coughs> yeah, that doesn't button. mean anything. I know. Well, it does on podcasts. Somehow, magically, with the, the magic of Apple yes. podcasts, hitting subscribe pushes us up higher on some kind of ranking. But Hit I, subscribe. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it really matters for us because the only way you're going to find us is if you search like hotel marketing on some podcast catcher. <laughs> But it will make us feel better if you subscribe and leave a review. So, It'll make us so even do that. feel better yeah, if you leave a review. Yeah. That's what we want. All right. So that's it for the news of Ruse this week. So let's jump into our topic. And again, please don't take offense to this. That is not our intent. This is at us being the, the traditional jokey fueligans. It's just for fun, people. It is. So everybody remain calm. And let's dig into the Ten Commandments. Hey, and if you do want to get offended, the inspiration for this episode came from Ira Glass on This American Life. So you can't, you, if you want to get mad, get mad at him, not not us, because he just did an episode about the Ten Commandments. So Yeah, go get mad at him. Yeah, go get mad at Ira Glass. No one can get mad at him. He's a super nice guy. So anyway, so let's jump in to the first of the Ten Commandments of Hotel Marketing. One, 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 one. Thou shalt treat guests like individuals. For building one-to-one relationships is the key to success. Indeed. Indeed. Not, I, not treating people like a number or grouping of people that you can just have some kind of spray and pray mentality in how you communicate to them. Oh, you're reservation number 4596. That's right. Welcome. That's right. Welcome, guest. <laughs> test, test. That's right. Test. Yeah. Dear test, test. We're looking forward to your... No. We... It, we're in the hospitality industry, and, and the reason this is number one is because you really should hold your guest above all other things. Like The reason you're in business is because of the guest, and you really need to make sure everything you do from a marketing perspective is in their best interest. In, in Like that commandment said, communicating with them one-to-one, whether it's email, text, phone, in person on the property – is so 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 important and and i think it's often overlooked because we've been very fortunate over the last decade plus in, in terms of the tools that we've been given with digital marketing that's made it easy for us to flick a switch or push a button 
and mass communicate to people. And, you know, there's a cost to that. There, there's, and I'm not talking about the monetary cost. I mean, there's a cost in eroding the relationship. And I'm, I'm writing an article right now for um, hotelexecutive.com that's going to be the top 10 ways to drive direct bookings. But one of the points I make in that is the reason that OTAs have become so successful and, and implanted themselves in the consumer journey is because they've kept focus on the guest. Even though they don't take control of the most important part of the journey, the stay, they do a really good job of personalizing the experience, really thinking through what the guest wants, and everything they do focuses on that. That's how TripAdvisor became really popular because they did a really, really good job at treating the guest the right way and thinking about the guest as an individual. They've gotten away from that, and we've seen them struggle since they've gotten away from that. So you as a hotel really, really have to focus on what it is the guest wants and how can you foster that relationship and nurture that relationship with the guest. There you go. Number two. Two, 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 two. Thou shalt not worship shiny objects or any marketing initiative that is unworthy of your investment, for they are distractions from those marketing investments that yield you success. Don't do things just for the sake of doing them. Just because it's a brand new thing out there and all the cool kids maybe, maybe not doing it doesn't mean you should necessarily do it. Yeah, but you have a budget for testing. You have a budget for R&D. Keep those, but you also have to keep your eye on the prize of what's actually driving the heads and beds on an ongoing basis. This is kind of some of the stuff I like and to put in – an Alexa or something like that in a hotel room without actually thinking through why you're doing it. Right, or having a strategy. Have a strategy yeah. behind you. Like, oh, I heard people are putting voice you know, We got to be on Foursquare because yeah. that's where everybody is. <laughs> it's like, no, you, you really don't sit back and look right. at it and see what's your business goal and your objective. I'll give you a perfect example of this. So we're working with a client now. We're, we started working with them recently and we're trying to fix some, some problems. Uh, but when we started the engagement we did an audit of everything they were doing this is this is a group of eight nine properties in a resort destination lots of repeat business they weren't sending any emails period wow right but what they were doing is beacon technology on property (laughs) (laughs) i love it to know who's in so so that they could send messages to people when they were within a certain vicinity right so what i mean Email is still the most effective form of communication if it's done correctly, but by none. So for them, and and it's a high repeat destination. I mean, email is going to crush it. Unsurprisingly, these properties are 80% reliant on OTAs. Hmm, those beacons not working so well. No, those beacons weren't (laughs) driving direct revenue for some reason. Imagine that. Yeah. So you you really have to um, nail down the fundamentals, right? Make sure you have a cohesive, effective email strategy. Make sure you're doing all the block and tackle stuff before you go chasing the well, shiny. It's super easy. Objects. It's super easy to get talked into one too because you're, oh my gosh, this new thing. I can't, I got to be on the forefront of it. I can't miss out on it. Just think about it. Have, mm-hmm. have, have at a, least a strategy behind it. Yeah. yeah, think it all the way through for sure. Not just get caught up with the flashiness of it. You know, and that's, that's what happens a lot. We we're going to high tech next month, and you know that a lot of the vendors there, a lot of the startups especially, are selling these things that are just 
oh, that's so amazing. And people are getting excited about it. And I can take that back to my boss and show him something. It looks whiz bang. But it's all sizzle and there's no steak. You've got to make sure at the end of the day, it's it's driving your business objectives, which if, ultimately is heads and beds. If you've maximized all your other platforms, everything else you're doing, for sure. Go ahead, try for the sure. shiny object. Yeah. But most of you are not. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is not to be distracted by shiny right. objects. Take a peek at them and see what's coming because you do find things like GHA and other platforms yeah. that at one point were shiny objects. And the earlier you got involved, the better. But you also have to be able to look at something and make a judgment. I don't see how this lines with my business goals. I don't see how this is going to get more heads in beds or emails in my database or whatever it might be. And then move on and say, I understand that I'm not going to be big on Pinterest. And that's that. Or Pinterest yeah. or whatever else it might be. But uh, yeah. make that decision. Say, I don't have the bandwidth to focus on this because it's going to take it away from my email marketing, or right. PPC, or my knowing my guest name this this client also the same client that was doing the beacons also had a it it didn't have an employee to to do anything related to email they had a full-time person doing nothing but facebook and i'm like you know facebook is a valuable it's a valuable channel if it's done correctly but you can't do that in front of some of the things that are going to drive they're not they weren't doing ppc correctly they weren't they didn't have any content strategy there were so many things higher in the priority list that weren't getting done but because you know social's fun or there's some tangible visibility to it that's where they were investing their dollars well, it's all over every i mean if you look at marketing news we talk about shiny objects sometimes too but they have they, a place they get, right? they get distracted instead yeah. don't be distracted stay right. the course do yeah. do the most revenue driving marketing initiatives you can. Right, and shiny doesn't necessarily have to mean it's new either, right? It it can be just something that's general, been around a while but is sexy. So social media is another one of those, right? So uh, again, I think everyone should have some kind of social media strategy. In in to me, the real value of social is in the advocacy side, getting your guests to communicate the value of your property through through word of mouth, but. You know, far too many people, their, their social strategy is simply let me, I'm going to post five Facebook posts and 10 tweets a week. You know, they're checking a box to make sure it gets done. That's not really the way you should do it. And if, if and then other people are spending way too much time on, on social media when, you know, it's not yielding the revenue that some of the other things are. You know, if you can take an hour out of your social team's week and invest that in optimizing your emails which is which of those hours is going to yield you more revenue at the end of the day so shiny shiny um it it means stay away from what just looks sexy and stay focused on what's effective today for your business three 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 three, three, three. thou shalt not take the opinion of thy guest in vain for online reviews and social comments provide valuable information that can improve your property. Yes. That is a big one. That's a Listen, one. going back to the first commandment, treat your guests like individuals. If, if you had a guest at your house and you're having a house party or a dinner party, whatever it might be, and somebody says, I have a problem, you want to focus on that and you want to fix that issue. This is the exact same thing when you scale it up to a hotel. Because yep. not only did that person have a problem, but everybody who's going to read that review now knows about that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the person who vocalizes the problem, you've had countless more people who've had that same problem but never bothered to mention it. Sure. Yeah. So re- honestly, if somebody tells you there's a problem, that's a gift. 
and you want to take the most advantage of it to solve that issue. It really is. And I, I think people's opinion of reviews has evolved over the years. I remember <laughs> when TripAdvisor first really came, came to the forefront, everyone was like, I don't trust these reviews. It's my competitors leaving junk reviews. You know what? They're not even focused on their own marketing enough, mm-hmm. let alone spending time That's you know, a big circular fa- firing you, right? squad too because if you look at all the other – all the hotels have that. So that, right, that right. argument never helped. Long. Right. It, it's nonsense. So I, I think people have gotten to where they, they trust that it's it's genuine. Generally speaking, it's, it's authentic mm-hmm. reviews. But people look at it as an inconvenience, you know, and, and a lot of people still will, will read a negative review and get get frustrated and snap back and, and blame the, the client and, and stuff like that. And really, I think you you nailed it. I've never heard someone put it that way, Pete, but I think you're, you're exactly right when you say it's a gift from your guest giving you an insight into their own opinion that you can take and improve your product for everyone else. Well, also, nobody reads one review, right? Right. You have... Mm-hmm. If you, have any guests you have multiple reviews and a lot of them are going to share similar characteristics may not be the same but similar you can learn a lot from trends of that read if i don't care if you have 400 reviews that you've never looked at start reading them now yeah and you're going to find trends yeah and people use the argument oh we don't have the time or the resources to respond to every review or read every review what are you doing that's more important than this 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 is your guest giving you real-time information about what they liked and what they didn't like about your property, what you need to continue doing, what you need to do more of, and what you need to stop doing. But here's the thing. That same person, if a guest came down to the front desk and complained about not being able to fix the get the AC set to the proper temperature, you have three people involved in fixing that yeah. issues. Yeah, exactly. And right. now you have – that's only between you and one guest. Now that guest goes and mentions it to thousands of people or tens of thousands of people on TripAdvisor, and you're saying, oh, I, I can't deal with that. It's like, no, that's the same guy. He had that problem, but he didn't come and tell you at the front desk. Right. Yeah. There's no excuse for it in, in this day and age. I mean, you need to really value the opinion of every guest, but especially online because it's transparent. So you, you should be responding to reviews. And more importantly, you should be listening to reviews and making sure that you're taking action based on the patterns that you see. And be aware of, just side note, be aware of everywhere that there are reviews. It's TripAdvisor, but it's not just TripAdvisor. It's Google, it's Facebook, it's you know pretty much every social platform. Oyster, people, yeah. are, people are talking about your business, so just stay on top of it and see what they're saying. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people recently I've seen, some of our clients we've been pushing up to really focus on Google as much as they are TripAdvisor. Like it's been Absolutely. very heavily TripAdvisor Traditionally, but I think I think Google is as important, if not more important, today. Google's than beating them from a velocity perspective. It is. I, it's getting I, more volume of reviews right now than yeah. TripAdvisor is. I see it as the the first thing people see is Google. Most right. people will search, you know, hotels in an area before they go TripAdvisor yeah. first, like TripAdvisor.com, then hotels, and certain 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 areas. But that Google review might be the first review they see. Agreed. Honor thy metrics and track everything to the penny, for spending money blindly is foolish. Do you agree with that one, Melissa? Nah. <laughs> that one needs Our to queen, come off queen the of list. analytics over there. That totally needs to come off the list. Yeah. ABT. Always be whoa, tracking. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Always you're, be you're, tracking. Okay. Oh, careful. You almost, Always be tracking. You almost jumped ahead there too much. I don't care what it is that you're doing with your advertising. If you can't track it, then you shouldn't be doing it. 
that's what I have to say about that. Even if you're doing radio advertising, send it to a vanity URL or something you can track. Yes, and make sure that that vanity URL (coughs) redirects to something that you can track. That's right. And... Go ahead. Oh, you go first. No, mine's going to go. I'm going to go on a tangent. Okay. You guys are so uh, polite. I was like, and make sure you're using the same attribution model because that person who was a full-time social media person was looking at numbers that said that they had a 10,000 to one return, whereas in other metrics, it would be a fraction of that. So measure everything against right, the hold, same. Hold everything person. accountable by the same right. yeah, standard. And, and with the caveat that, you know, different... No caveats. Everything should be measured against <laughs> no. the same standard. I, I'm going to throw a caveat down. You can accept <laughs> my caveat. Picking, I am not, not picking up your caveat. Everyone else will accept my caveat. So the caveat being that it depends where people are in the funnel, right? That Like different <clears> channels are going to drive people at different points in the journey. So if, if it's, you know, like a port, local portal site or CVB site or something like that, it's probably people very early in the research funnel versus someone that's searching for brand PPC I think I think you use the same metrics, but you hold them accountable to a different value yeah. of that. Yes, that, right? that I can agree with. Yeah. Okay. So the the tangent I was going to go on, Melissa, and I'm about to get your goats burned, buttons burned. Buttons I don't think I have got. buttons left. Um, your goats do. That's why he's going to burn those buttons. So I, th- I feel like one of the challenges that the industry at large faces is the fact that the big two. And I'll, I'll call them out, right? That the majority of people are using either iHotelia or Synexus for their booking engine, right? Because they're just unenlightened, okay? They haven't they haven't seen the value in Fuel's booking engine, yeah, right? But my point is that for you to be able to track things, you need to have technology partners that enable you to be able to do that. And we've had so many problems recently with clients. You know, the marketing team. Does, does a PPC campaign or something and we, we're having troubles tracking through because the booking engine providers just don't fundamentally don't understand analytics. It, it's like they uh, don't care. They don't care. Well, why would they? You know? It's not their job. Their what job is to write a booking <clears throat> engine. That's all. Hmm. We care. We do care. That's right. Our booking engine is awesome from an analytics perspective. You can track literally everything. Yes. All the way through. Pretty much any click in the booking engine you can track. Right. And we've been dealing with some PMS booking engines this week where we we struggle. It's multi-property and we can't differentiate between what's coming through a portal site versus an individual site. It's It's a mess. And these are fundamental, easy problems to solve. And yet people aren't investing the time to track this stuff. Like analytics is probably the most important foundation that you can lay for your marketing. And yet, the industry at large, the tech tech folks in the industry have, I really feel, have failed the industry. They they have let me mm-hmm. down so many times. Mm-hmm. I feel beaten and abused. And don't get me started on travel quick. <coughs> I got myself started. <laughs> but they charge you to add a pixel, a tracking uh, pixel, I, to the booking engine. I know before this and, conversation, and they, they charge you an annual fee. It's, yes. it's crazy. Have pixel. But before we this we started this podcast, we said, oh, this is going to be a short one. No, this is a, but this is a long. This what we're about to cover here is literally the most important thing of the week for us. All right, so tell me about what TravelClick is doing. This is right. BS. So in the iHotelia booking engine, if you wanted to add a tracking pixel, whether that's like a pay-per-click tracking pixel, and you're not using Tag Manager, say so you're using Google Universal Analytics or something like that, you have to send them the pixel to drop or the, the snippet to drop on the on the 
confirmation. In, within so, the code, so there's a one-time charge base. and it's done. All right, okay, I'm done. It's five minutes, and then it doesn't cost me anything. They're charging you between two hundred fifty and four hundred dollars a year, a year, to have that pixel running. For something that doesn't change. Right. It doesn't cost them anything and doesn't change. <clears throat> it's ludicrous. Why would you nickel and dime a client like that? That's insane. Because those aren't nickels or dimes. <laughs> no, it's $100 <laughs> a year. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, so. because because it's not for the tracking. It's per pixel. So Facebook, your analytics system, let's say you have you know, you know, third-party providers. Do you know how many Facebook pixels every client of ours has on yes. the booking it's engine? Seven. It's every step of the process yeah. has a yeah. different pixel. Right. So, so these It's thousands of dollars. So, so the big guys are really limiting hotel's ability to track the appropriate way. If only there was a booking engine out there. Oh, wait. That integrated with every major PMS system and didn't charge you a single penny for adding any kind of tracking. And already out of the box allowed you to put Google Tag Manager and track every single thing within the process. If only that existed. If only that existed. <laughs> hmm. Oh, wait. Fuel booking engine. I feel, like, I feel engine. like we're getting preachy here. It, it, it is the it, Ten I, Commandments. <laughs> So we've just blended five into six, yeah. didn't we? <clears throat> All right, let's go to six. Yeah, pretty much. Six was, thou shalt not kill thy conversion rate by having an effective website and booking engine. Yeah, so so let's talk about this the analytics is, side. Yeah, this, 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 is, this, is, this is, is conversion like this rate is what side. goes without saying is, one, your website should have already been effective like years ago. And how, how many people do you see though still? It's true. That are not mobile friendly. They're not. Like, they're not responsive. They have a separate mobile site. Or yeah, it's just not. not and not tested. little things like, hey, I was looking at your mobile site. I noticed copies wrapping here. It's not. It's just we don't. Yeah. There's still that's still happening. So if it happens to you, don't let it happen anymore. Here's the thing: the majority of your customers are looking at your website on mobile. Period. Right. That. That's. That's an unequivocal yep. fact. We have, we have a client who's 80% mobile. All right, exactly. So so in every case, I challenge you to show me a hotel that isn't at least 50% of traffic. So the majority of people are coming and looking at it on mobile. So why are you still adding content and proofing your site on a desktop? You shouldn't be. You should be looking at it from the eyes of the consumer every single time. So you need to get in the habit. Every single person that owns a hotel, markets a hotel, needs to get in the habit of looking at their mm-hmm. website regularly on their mobile device. And I think what, what you're getting at there, because this commandment is conversion rate, look at the process in which you you get to the site, make the next step, choose the room, book it. From what the perspective happens? of the guest, make no assumptions and look at the entire so journey from the perspective of the guest. let's take the very last step purchasing a hotel room where you're putting in all your information on that long annoying form right where you have to fill out all your information you have to type in all your credit card information and if you're using a phone using your thumbs you're probably mistyping things i'd rather do a form on my phone now because i can scan my credit card and it goes yeah and it can pre- you can select at the bottom it will give you the profiles to pick yeah. and let's not. forget anyway. that for a second okay. so let's imagine you've just gone through all that process and, and this is a true story you get to the bottom of the form, and there's a reserve button, but it's grayed out. You filled out all the things, but you can't click it. Nope. You've tried it multiple times. You've, you've, it won't click. Oh, that's because all the way on the top of the right side of the page, there's a button, a, a checkbox you need to click that says you've read all the things, and then you can reserve. But the reserve button is on the bottom of the form that you've just filled out. Your eyes are not at the top. Bad you are. It's not just that. It's that any 
dollar that you spend driving anyone to your booking engine, to your website, they're not, they're, that's costing you money, right? You could be doing better with every single penny you spend in your entire marketing budget if you focus on your conversion rate. So it, it's, it's bigger than you really think it is. If you spend a million dollars, no one's really spending a million dollars, but if you spend a million dollars on your marketing budget and you can just increment the ROI by one fraction of a percent across all those dollars you spend, that's big money. So you've really got to focus on that mousetrap and making sure it's mm-hmm. as effective as it can be. We talk about that all the time. Make <coughs> it as frictionless as possible. Mm-hmm. Send them right through. Get heads and beds. Go on. Where are we at? Number Next, s- number seven. Is, seven, seven, seven thou seven. shall not commit adultery on rate parity between thine own site and the OTAs, and thou shalt ensure thine presence on all channels to protect thy brand. One might say it's omni-channel. One, one might say that. One might, but it might make <laughs> yeah. Alyssa a little grumpus. All right. It, that's the truth because you are the final product. And if you can't offer your property at the guaranteed best rate, you're screwing up somewhere. There's no reason that Booking Direct is not the best bet. And if somebody can go to an OTA, which because they have millions and billions of dollars behind it, are focusing on that what we went to we just talked about that conversion rate and that process they have a better mousetrap so you have to have the best rate possible and if you don't i mean that's bush league stuff right there yeah you know not only that do you have to have the rate parity but you've got to be visible in front of them whenever you can right Mm -hmm. you have an advantage so brand ppc TripAdvisor on their meta search platform any meta search come to that you know you've got to make sure that anywhere that the, the the otas are dabbling in stealing your essentially stealing your brand recognition you got to be in front of them and you got to make sure that the people choose you first before they click on the ota from the marketing perspective in almost all cases people care about price yep this is a driving factor in almost every booking if someone can get it cheaper than they can with you they're going to do it. So if you're allowing someone to get it cheaper mm-hmm. than they can with you, you're you're just not being effective. Yeah. I heard it from a real estate person, but they said all buyers are settlers, that they're settling for what they can get versus what their aspirations are. Mm-hmm. And this is the same from a hotel perspective. I would prefer to stay in the penthouse at a Four Seasons than I would want to stay at a you know, Days Inn. You know, yeah. with the exterior entrance. Well, sorry, anyone that works those days in that we're yeah with listening. an exterior entrance. But, but but the point is, like those those two are completely right. different experiences. Mm-hmm. But I aspire to the first one. Yeah. What I need to do is make sure that my property can be as close to that aspiration as possible. So you don't have to settle. And if you're gonna stay at my property, you're getting it for the very best rate. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Number eight. Look at that. I got to do number eight. How exciting. Thou shalt not steal from the marketing budget when times are tough, for doing so will increase reliance on OTAs. Don't you dare trade OTA commission for marketing budget Mm -hmm. when if if your marketing isn't doing better than an OTA commission, then we have some (laughs) issues with your marketing. Yeah, call us. We'll help you. Yeah. No, I, I, it's it's easy, right? So when when the CEO or the CFO is looking at the budget in times are tough and they need to 
find a place to shave some dollars. Marketing is always the first place that gets cut because people just assume that oh, there's not really an impact from that. But yes, yes, there is an impact. You know what? Advertising actually works. That's why we do it. And if you're, tra- if you're following the other commandments and you're tracking stuff, you can actually go back to those people when they say we need to cut your marketing budget. You can go back to them and say, here's the impact that will have. We're going to lose this much revenue. And it might make them think twice before they do it. It's, it's the most short-sighted decision any business can make is to cut the marketing budget. Unless it's not being spent effectively or it's not being tracked, in which case you don't deserve to be spending that money. Mm-hmm. But if and you as do- the marketer, you should be the one cutting that and reallocating that. For sure, yeah. right? And you might want to jigger stuff around a little bit and move it, but just to swipe it with a hatchet and say, oh, we're going to spend 20% less this, this year because revenue's down 20% is just so naive. Because it's lazy. It is lazy because what you're end up going to end up doing is saying, oh, we're soft this weekend. Let's just drop the rate on the OTAs because we know that faucet works when I turn mm-hmm. it on. Groupon. I mean, we just talked about, yes, OTAs yeah, are important in so. terms of rate parity, but they're not the most effective use of your money. Exactly. Yeah. If you're having to rely on Groupon and junk like that, it means you're probably not spending your marketing dollars effectively or you're not, you don't have enough marketing dollars. So next time you do, you, or last time you did a Groupon, go look at what that really cost you in terms of financial, the, the rate compromise you had to make and then the the impact that had on rate integrity to other people and and then go back and look at how many of those people that booked through groupon the first time ever come back and stay with you again at rack rate not very many at all so don't do that john unless you provide some serious service that makes them we, <laughs> we've seen it more time and time again where groupon is just not smart it's not because it anchors it anchors an expectation right so yeah, we've I, looked at this yeah we've, we've done st- numerous studies and shown numerous clients that it just doesn't help you long term you know and the, it has a negative impact on perception those people that book a room for fifty dollars a night are never going to come back and spend $200 a night on the same thing. You've anchored them to a certain expectation. It just does not work in the hotel industry. Yep. Are we on to nine? Nine, 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 nine. Thou shalt not bear false witness by putting thine own convenience above thy, na- thy guest's needs. For saving time or money in the short term will cost you in the long term. It's kind of, kind of a continuation of what we've yeah. been talking about, right? But... You know, examples of that might be, okay, we can save a few bucks on sheets, you know, by, by getting a lower thread count. But now they feel like sandpaper, mm-hmm. you know, or, or toilet tissue or whatever it is. Like compromising the guest experience because in the short term, it's a little easier or cheaper for you. Yeah. If and you're we, making those big changes too, like Stuart's talking about, where you're changing the sheets and the thread count or you're changing the toilet paper, go use it yourself. Yeah. If you're the person making that decision and you're listening to this podcast right now, go use those things yourself and tell me what you mm-hmm. truly think and then decide if that decision is okay. And where we see this the most is on the number one ranked property in any given destination. They've reached the pinnacle and therefore from a pr- customer's perspective, they've been benchmarked. This is the best. And the customer visits that property and they get the sandpaper toilet paper or the mm-hmm. you know, horrible thread count bed sheets. They're expecting the best, and that's the hardest place on the TripAdvisor ranking. You know, to be number one, you can't stay number one. You have to cut. Nobody stays forever. Right. So 
you have to think about that. Your guest expectations improve as your property improves. So making sure that, yeah, you're not making those, you know, short-term little, hey, I'm going to do this. And, you know, it saves you $50 a guest or whatever it might be. But I don't know. You have anything to add to this I one? I don't have anything to add to this one. <coughs> no, it's a little little off of what we're saying by uh, putting your convenience above the guest needs, but also convenience in terms of hiring process. If you're going to put someone at the front desk in front of guests and have them be the first interaction, be mindful of your, who you're hiring in in every case. It's 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 imperative. These people these people need to be as nice as possible it's going to affect reviews it's going to affect the experience that would be true for the entire staff really yeah true i don't care housekeeping front desk whoever but um, don't don't uh, shortchange your hiring process really bring in people that you think are going to represent you well and be hospitable thou shalt not cover covet thy neighbor's property and thou shalt always be testing thine own marketing efforts i have a lot of things to say about that so hey we we missed number four huh yeah we, we combined three and four i thought did we no we combined five and six <coughs> no, completely missed miss number, number four, four. Uh, yeah. We do number four and then come back to number ten. To be safe, we should just start back at the beginning and let everyone. Know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, number one. one, one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can we do number four and then we'll come back to number Phil ten? Phil should do number four. All right. You can do number four, Phil. <laughs> yes, number four. Remember the staff <laughs> and the investment in upkeep. Huh. For no amount of marketing can help you if you have a grumpy front desk person, dirty rooms, or a rundown hotel. We kind of talked about that. I think we just nine. said that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We did. Bring it, up it's relevant. Four and nine, four nine, That's four what nine. reminded me that we hadn't talked about the staff, right? So good job, Phil. That would be really funny if we'd gone through the all ten, just completely forgotten we missed four, and then someone would have written in and said, what? Where's number Where's four? Where's number four? <laughs> So, so your staff are your biggest asset, and 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 you know it's not just the front desk staff or the housekeeping staff and and the maintenance staff, but it's also the investment you make in the property on an ongoing basis. There's nothing worse than a dilapidated property that you come and stay at, right? The the the, the carpet's worn out, or there's chips on the wall, or whatever. So you've got to make sure you don't defer maintenance because long term that's going to affect your rep- reputation. It's going to affect your reviews, which is going to affect the rate you can demand. But the most important part of any experience in a hotel is the staff interaction, every staff interaction, from the front desk to the housekeepers. You've got to make sure that you train your staff to make sure that they ensure that the guest has the best experience they can. Well, I've seen it countless times on TripAdvisor when I'm doing an audit of a new client and you'll have, it it may not be the nicest hotel and that's definitely noted in the review. But the overwhelming response is the staff was great. So and so at the front desk, front desk was amazing. Uh, housekeepers were delightful. I, if it's a little bit lesser property in my price range, and I see that, I'm I'm fine with it. I'd rather stay at a place that has a friendly staff than a you know a comparable hotel that doesn't. The staff sets the tone for the entire stay. Right? If you have a great check-in experience, you are more forgiving when you walk into that room and there's a cockroach on the floor. If you if you just drove eight hours to get to your destination and that person at the front desk treats you like a number and is grumpy, and you walk in and there's a cockroach 
you're going to have a problem with it. Or how about you walk in and there's a cockroach, you go tell the front desk about it, and the person that comes to pick it up is rude. Yeah, exactly. It just made a bad situation a lot worse. A whole lot worse. So if your, someone your comes staff, in super helpful, you're golden. Exactly. Man. Your staff are the most important thing because it doesn't matter how much marketing you do. Marketing shines a light on what you have. And if your product isn't great, all your marketing's doing is is shining a light on the fact that your product isn't great. So you've got to make sure that you deliver on the promise that you're making. And the most important part of that is your staff. Yep. So number 10, 10, 10, 10. I'll say it again because it's just that important. It needs to be repeated. <laughs> thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's property and thou shalt always be testing thine own marketing efforts. The end. Yeah. I mean, you could drop the mic right there, right? But a lot of folks will look at what their competition's doing and focus and worry about that and, and you know, and, and get all... It's irrelevant. Right. Almost. It, it doesn't really matter. Look at Amazon as a great example of that. They really don't care at all about their competition. They care only singly about the guest, their customer, in our case, the hotel, the guest, right? If you focus on your guest that's in front of you and your property and being the best you can be and you continue to test things to see if you can improve that experience, both from a marketing perspective and on property perspective, you're going to be just fine. It doesn't matter what the, the competition's doing. Because you know what? A lot of the competition that you're looking at are probably lazy, and you're, you're not because you listen to this show. I want to I wanna just do a little callback to the news of this week. The, the Bing. Bing. thing. Oh, the no, big thing. Bing okay. always <laughs> copies what Google does. Right. And who has a better reputation? Right. Who has a bigger market share? And it, it, it's right. because they can focus on themselves, provide a better experience, and they're not the redheaded stepchild. Right. They're innovating. They're focused on their customer. Google, Google doesn't need to copy anyone because they have the data and they're looking at the data. They're always testing. They're always tracking, following the metrics. And, and letting that dictate what they do next. Don't be the follower. Focus on yourself. And be a leader you know, for yourself. We get questions all the time from clients asking, well, what's a good conversion rate? What's a good open rate? What's a good click-through rate? And the answer is it doesn't matter. It matters what your property is doing and how your website and your email is performing. And the answer is it can always be better yeah, than what it is. Where have you been historically and, and how can we improve that? Right. That's the mm -hmm. answer. Yeah, always move in a forward direction. Always benchmark against yourself. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Because, you know, you, you really don't have ever have a full picture of what other people Never. are doing. And all, there's so many dis, different intangibles that are going to go into how they're doing it. This I mean, is my favorite question that has come up recently. It's like, what percentage of my traffic should come from natural search? <laughs> well, that really I depends on what what advertising <laughs> yeah. you're doing. Right. Are yeah. you doing zero pay-per-click? Are you doing zero any other advertising? Yeah, or Probably a lot is coming from natural search. Legitimately, what is the name of your business? And is it similar <laughs> to something else that maybe... Yeah. Yeah. How much brand awareness do you have already? And how long have you been in business? How big is your property? There, there are so many things that factor into that. Yeah. Stop, stop worrying about that vanity stuff, especially comparing yourself yeah. to, to the guy next door. And, and focus on your fundamentals and, and more importantly, focus on your guest. And you're going to be just fine. Yeah, you are not left Twix and right Twix. <laughs> I, I do not understand that at all. I, I appreciate I, it. I think it's pretty funny. And I, I like what they did it. with it. Yeah. 
I don't think they're really selling a value proposition in it, but I think it, it definitely builds awareness of the, the product. So, you know, in that regard, it's working. But There's two Twix in each pack. And one's left, left and, and right. right. Yeah. That's right. Turn but it upside seen, down, though. Have you flips. seen the mini ones you can buy? Some of them have left written on them and some of them have right written yes. on them. Well, that's really... what they're doing. They're pitting themselves against themselves yeah. to sell more of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and make they're people smart. talk about it, which yeah. is exactly what we're doing. So we just proved the concept of that advertising campaign. It's brilliant. It's really, really good. So that's the Ten Commandments. It is, but guess what? What, 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 what? When we were brainstorming this out, and everyone got to put in their own commandments. Phil put one in that I thought would be remiss Actually, of us. I put that one. Oh, in. you did put it in. Yes, <laughs> okay. in Phil's honor. In Phil's honor, Phil. Do you want to read out number eleven? Thank you. And this Melissa. is a callback to a and few episodes. This ago. is this is your bonus eleventh commandment. <laughs> <laughs> Thou shalt use ad extensions, for they are thine friend. <laughs> if you don't listen to this show regularly, you'd have no idea what that meant. Doesn't matter. Use extensions. Matter. They're yeah. your friend. No, no, they're your friend. <laughs> They're my friends. They're everyone's friends. <laughs> Ad extensions are everyone's friends. So there you go. That's the 10 slash 11 commandments that was of hotel marketing. I felt like that went better than I thought it would. I was a little nervous going into that one. <coughs> yeah, that, was, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like you were convinced in that statement. If you're new to this, we're going to post some... Uh some links to our other podcasts who kind of cover some of these topics yeah. a little yeah, better. Yeah, so go to our one. website, fueltravel.com slash podcast, and go and look at ep- the show notes for episode 111, and we'll put some links to some of the things we're talking about because we've done a lot of episodes in the past, like Phil said, that kind of relate to some of these commandments. If but- you find yourself breaking one of these commandments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm we not going... We have a show for you. Yeah, exactly. But hopefully, hopefully you've followed these commandments you're going to continue to follow these commandments because i genuinely feel like if you do i mean it yes it's tongue-in-cheek the way we've done it but if you do follow these rules in general you're going to be fine as a hotel mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be successful because these are these are fundamental things that if you if you do them you're going to be better than your competition so i think there's a lot of value to be had in our nonsense that we just spouted for the last hour and we had fun with best practices i think it's fine yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly. We could have said the ten best practices for hotel marketing, but that's not yeah. interesting and it's not clickbaity. So, yeah. Do you know? Do you know who likes what we have to say? Oh, we had some reviews. Didn't we, we do. We do, have, you, do you want to read though? Because do you have both reviews? The back to backer. Because we we had a negative review for the first time ever. Do you have that one available? Is that the one from a? Uh, it's the two star. Yeah. Uh, no, I have the three star. Oh, it was a three star. Yeah. My bad. All right. So yeah, we we. We encourage everyone to review the show because you know that, that gives us feedback. Like yeah. we were saying, like the feedback from our guest, from our listeners, helps us create a better product. Mm. Just like you as a hotelier. So yeah. So Pro fifty six seventy six three star says, I had written a comment two years ago when the podcast first started, and I'm sad to see that not much has changed, which you would think it would still be five star. But right. wait, there's more. Maybe he's changed. Yeah. Or uh, she. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. To use an analogy, it's almost like if a hotel would not have invested in new towels in two years. I feel that the podcast covers random topics, focusing on quantity rather than quality, instead of truly introducing and explaining what the topics are. I think this, I think that this podcast has huge potential and can be much better with a little more work. We and we appreciate that feedback. We do, right? and and that that's a valid opinion. 
I, I would say that there's not much tangible to take from that. Like there's no specific guidelines in terms of what they want to hear. So if you want to email us at info, if you'll travel, if you're listening and tell us, here are some topics I'd like to see you guys jump into. That would be great. And that would help mm-hmm. us. And we'll, we'll be glad to do that. A lot of our episodes in the past have been based on listener feedback. You know, if yeah. someone had a specific question, we'll, we'll create an episode out of it. And, so and after some, 111 episodes, yeah. a lot of the stuff has been covered. Yeah. We're going to get a little repetitive yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing this for over two years. I mean, it's the, the, we've covered a lot, but you know, you got to remember too, that not everyone's listened since the beginning. Yeah, our episodes today get a lot more listens than the ones at the very beginning. So we're always mm-hmm. finding new audience members that we need to communicate the same fundamentals to. Like that's why we did this yeah. episode, right? But, so, but either way, we take that to heart. Yeah, and we I, say, okay, what can we be yeah. doing better? That's our first non-five star review. What you get out of that is the Ten Commandments, Pete. Hotel Market. <laughs> what was what was the title of that review again? Good, but could be better. What was the title true? of the next one? Great. But cannot be better. <laughs> I love so, it. so, so Riley, and if it's a three star or five star, it doesn't matter. But Riley, thank you for the five star. And they say, great, cannot be better. The folks at Fuel do everyone in the hospitality business a tremendous service by doing this podcast. Keep up the good work, and definitely do not get rid of the banter. Riley, virtual fist bump to you, bud. Yeah. So, but and, and the thing is, we're we're serving so many different masters you know we're trying yeah. to help the people who just want to bulleted a list of you know hotel marketing facts and the people who you know need a little pick me up on the way to work in the morning so you get the balance yeah the best I, of both worlds. i guarantee you we will not stop the banter that is just not in our dna no you know we affectionately refer to ourselves as fueligans and that comes with it a certain je ne sais quoi of silliness right a french is that word? a french word from I, an english it was multiple french words in fact <laughs> wow yeah um so I, I don't anticipate us stopping the banter. So, it, you know, we're not going to be appealing to everyone. It's, no. it's fine. You know, if but you if, d- if there's something that we're not delivering to our g- listeners, I want to hear that in the form of a question mm-hmm. or, yeah. you know, what can we do better? Because Back I promise you, yeah, give us know, something tangible to, to do yeah. that we're not doing or yeah. ask us to stop something. Like if you want us to stop offending Christians by doing 10 commandments <laughs> episodes, let us know because we'll stop that. Well, you know? from a Jewish perspective or from Melissa's perspective, yeah. there's 613 commandments that could have been in this episode. This is true. Maybe that's next episode. <laughs> we'll do the 613 no, This is Jewish just the first 10. Either 10 way, episodes. let us know what you need you know, us to cover. Perot? Does and he need charts and graphs? Well, e- e- whatever it is. you know, We've got a team of people here. We'll put them on that and we'll deliver a podcast that has you know, the answers to those questions. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we appreciate all feedback. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to get your review read out on the show, go to iTunes or where everyone says iTunes. It's really not. It's Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find, but if you click on um, library at the bottom and then all shows at the top, then you have to find fuel and then you can see the reviews and then you can leave a review right there. So, Or you could search Hotel Marketing Podcast and do it on the right desktop. There. Yeah. No, you can do it on your phone. I don't think when you actually find it, you can leave a review. Ah, okay. Right, I think you have to go to the show page. Maybe you can. I don't know. If you're not sure how to leave a review, go to Google and type in "How do I leave a review on a podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> and then leave us a review. We'd love to get your feedback. Seriously, we would love to. 
and we'll read it out in the show. And if you're not the kind of person that likes to leave a review or you don't feel like we've provided you enough value for you to give us that gift, then just send us an email, info at fueltravel.com. And either we'll turn it into a podcast episode or we'll answer it live on the show. So how about that? How about that? All right. So, Phil, when you're not drinking my delicious elixir, where can they find you? No, right, I'm... I'm- I'm genuinely impressed by your homebrew. Nice job. And you can find me at Twitter at pfariska, P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A. Melissa. I am on Twitter at M-A Kavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. Pete. I'm at P DeMaio, P-D-I-M-A-I-O. And you can find me at Stuart Butler. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. Again, you can get the notes to this show at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 111. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I have B-raking news. B-raking news. Uh Uh-oh. You're always still recording. You're not recording? I am, but we didn't do it in the episode. I didn't want to do it in the episode. So... My neighbor, I'm very disappointed. Two, two, two couple doors down, has a swarm of bees that have moved into their eaves of their uh, house. Uh, oh, you're gonna get it! So I'm going in this weekend. I'm suiting up. Are you really? Yeah. This weekend? Well, possibly this weekend. I got to reach out to them. They're pizza old bees. <laughs> they yeah. left and went to go live yeah. with the neighbors. <laughs> the ones that survived. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be super bees at that point.